0: Hi everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Edward's Review, where, wow, on the 24th of October, we are changing things up. Uh, Like I said before, uh, the day before this episode, uh, we will be touching bases on the other half of the list of Universal Classic Horror Monsters, so, uh, of course, uh, I can't. And I can't stress this enough that there was more than just the standard six. There was actually7. but even so, there's a huge difference, but I'll explain. So of course, uh, you can't just escape without saying Invisible Man <laughs> who played by Claude Rains. And this is, uh, this is where the story is a little weird because we're actually introducing the film where a man's completely covered up. Uh, it's a snowstorm by the way. But we're completely introduced to a guy Who just comes in out of the snow All bandaged up and everything And you know A lot of locals are like Looking at him weird you know So of course um He's doing a weird Experiment in his room And the innkeepers trying to figure out like what's going on Is there a condition that I must worry Is Are you like sick or something And then sure enough Uh Due to f- practical effects back then, which is very hard, you know, you had to shoot like different plates of things left and right with film of none and you got to show a person who's not really there, who's actually there, and how strange it is that they are doing whatever, right? Alright, so, of course, he takes off his bandage and it reveals nothing. It, literally you can see through the person and then he considers the <laughs> strip and become very very naked invisible man right there so of course you know we're notified by a backstory that uh, it was a science experiment that got wrong and he's trying his way to reverse the effects that it had caused on him but of course you know um, chaos ensues of course and He is dealt dealt with a fate that is like do or die. And he ended up being uh, unalive at the end of the film. But even so, uh, whatever happened in the experiment, his effects wore off causing him to be visible of all things. Which, again, monster movies do not have the monster living at the end. And that's sad. It's very sad about which and believe it or not when I say this title no I'm not talking about the nice 1990s version or that Tom Cruise take of it no but the original mummy yeah I said it the mummy back long day long ago uh, in the 1930s 1940s if you will starred none other than Boris Karloff himself remember when I said the last episode that he played Frankenstein he also he did another role as the mummy as the Egyptian priest who gets mummified so of course you know you know we're introduced that this person is somewhat uh alive if you will but he's trying to resurrect the uh, dead and evilness and all that and even so the mummy in in this strange way if you will finds a way to disguise himself as an Egyptian uh, tour guide if you will so uh, archaeologists uh, archaeologists team is like looking all over staring at things not unaware or aware of the danger that they are inviting themselves to (coughs) and end up having a real-life mummified person, of all things. Uh, helping him doing this, doing that, and at the same time helping him doing what he can to, you know, cause a uh, uproar in the thing. Of course, he somehow failed, and, of course, unalive again. I swear, you know, you do this to a dead person, and he is dead, dead it's, uh, it's redundant, I could say that. So, of course um, talk about reprisal roles which again name of this title (laughs) I am not barking up the wrong tree I can tell you that right now but the classic the original black and white version then somehow get turned colorified or technocolored colored if you will The Phantom of the Opera starred Lon Chaney Jr. as the Phantom. Now, here's the thing. You know, you have a man who's hidden behind a mask who wears another mask to portray a role that has a mask. Now I can understand why Robert Downey Jr. is saying, I'm a man playing another man playing a black man in a black role. It just said something back in Tropic Thunder. You might want to rent it for a comedy, but for *The Phantom of the Opera*, of course, we are introduced with you know Christine and how the Phantom is nurturing this gift that she has, and of course, there's this pull mask scene. And again, at the end of it, uh, we will never see the Phantom again because he becomes unalive, unattainable. Cause a fire and whole theater and there was no more yeah i really would love to see how the sequel to that one came out (laughs) so uh i've talked about the invisible man i have talked about the mummy who am i forgetting oh yeah gill No, 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 not the name Gil. No, Gil as in Gilman, which originally was his title name other than the actual title of the film, which is Creature of the Black Lagoon. Now, folks, you got to understand. Back then, you have to be very careful of what you're doing as well as what are you filming? Because these things are like crazy stunts as it is. Monster movies are sometimes fun to play with and sometimes fun to use, but at half the time there is a gamble. Because here's the thing: there's people who are uh, maybe allergic to uh, certain products. There's people who are clausophobic when it comes down to the situation you're filming in. I'm not saying that you, that anyone who is a filmmaker who's listening to this, do not do a horror film. Are you crazy? There's safetier ways to do it, folks. But, back then, back in our little uh, young artist uh realms, all the, you know, uh, let's try this for once. Have we done it before? No, but we're going to try. <sighs> These are of what I call the pioneers of the, of, the, of the group, where if you try something first, and you don't know if it succeeds or not, and somehow it... Pays off and it succeeds, then it's good. It's a gold mine. There's a copy formula that we could try to replicate, but even so, trying to tweak it a little more because there will be a lot of things to add on. That being said, the creature of the black Dragoon deals with a team of scuba divers, uh, searching uh, in under under cave coves and all that. Especially in a lagoon. So, of course, you know, one of old if you will, lovely lady, uh, decides to do a skinny in with her bathing suit. Has these. (laughs) And, you know, comes out, comes this creature. No one sees him. No one knows it. He comes popping out out of nowhere, and you could tell that this person is literally wearing a suit, because it's like, it's either half-hanging, or not properly on, and even so, the person who's inside the suit needs to breathe. So, of course, uh, chaos ensues, and there's always a mass hysteria with monster films, but even so, the uh, divers somehow unalived Gill. And, of course, the treachery tales of the end of the creature, the Black Lagoon, is long gone and buried. Now, if you're wondering if there were sequels to these ones, oh boy, there was actually just a few. Just a few, not a lot, but even so. It's also continuing on from the other segment that I did yesterday, and there was even more to add on to that. So let me explain on that one. So of course, The Invisible Man had a sequel. It was dubbed The Invisible Woman. Where of course it's a lady, not a guy. And even so, there was a lot of commotion for that one. Because there's always a weird thing like, Oh, it's a leading lady that's in the lead. Well, of course, it's a leading lady. But... You know, there was, like, some speculation that this movie may or may not go both well for a gentleman audience. Are you kidding? Women taking roles. That's a good idea. Whoever thought about it was stupid. A lady can't lead a movie. Anyone can lead a movie. That's both men and women. And also, that leads to all sorts of things so it's not just men women it's also and i'm gonna use these pronouns by the way it's also them they all right it could be um a creature if you will it could be a woodpecker could be a fire hydrant anything could be a leading person in that thing and these people in Hollywood back then thinking that a woman couldn't do it. Keep in mind, this is back then, and it was a male-driven industry. Which is... Could totally suck. I mean, come on, honestly. Equality, people! Equality! Anyways, uh, yeah, of course, the Invisible Man had Invisible Woman as its sequel. But after that, that was it. There was no... There's no, like, thought idea. Unless it was something totally different and deals with the same genre of everything. So, you know, keep in mind, yes, there was, like, several more invisible movies. But even so, it wasn't too bad. It was, like, a thought concept of having a person who actually literally became an invisible person. Uh, The Mummy. Where to draw the line on that one? (laughs) I mean, yeah, we don't hear anything for that one until... Yeah, until the 90s. Where we have the wonderful Brandon Fraser of all people. Led not only... Hold on, let me count this up. He led three movies with the same title, The Mummy. And... Huh. You know, I don't think I remember that there was a third one. But still, um... I've had Brandon Rager in it. It was pretty good. And yeah, somehow I'm going to count the Rock Scorpion King King in there. But I'm not counting the sequels to that one though. Because that was a totally different genre of story. And it's on its own. And you can look it up too. Because you know dang well that the only one I would agree on is the first one. I don't care how the CG looks. And then again we don't hear that until recently within the twenty tens, late twenty tens by the way, like twenty sixteen or so, with the first and only movie that would propel the dark verse, which entails that in the movie we had like a small speck of saying seeing Johnny Depp's uh Dracula story would have been unfolded, but was never told. Uh, Frankenstein's monster could have been in there, but there was no rumor of him being suggested or, or existed, in a way. Invisible Man is enough said, because, well, no offense, but that's technology that is not scientific. There's a huge boundary on that one. And <sighs> Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and the Mummy. Talk about your weird twist. Anyways, um, that in itself, the production did kind of drop out of the loop, but it doesn't mean that it's out of the public eye. You know, there is a possibility that they could pick this all up later. But currently right now it's been too many years, so it might have been a failed attempt. Hopefully someone will change that Something. Uh fan of the opera, of course there was a somewhat terra tetra sequel, if you will, but it's only through the play. And to see it readapted to be in film again uh well we did that again with uh the latest one with gerard butler being the phantom that one had chops that one was pretty good not the potential real sequels to the phantom which fyi uh paradise of the uh, phantom of the paradise That's a disco flavor film for me. That's a little too... Too high-energy, if I will have to say. The Creature of the Black Lagoon. Somewhat, yes. But it was actually also another movie called Creature of the Blue Lagoon. Which is, like, almost like a retelling of the same story, but in a different aspect of... Not no longer a... uh, pond or a water pond but the ocean itself and then of course we do end up having a lot of sea like type monster movies right there so you know yes yes even dracula werewolf and frankenstein had their own sequels and some references you keep in mind but you gotta understand those like the major guys Dracula kind of started off the whole vampire thing, you know? If there's any vampire movie out there that has been almost a continuation of Dracula, yeah, it's enough said. There's a lot of vampire movies because of Dracula, which is a good thing. Except for Twilight, I'm not too sure about that, though. I can't put that as a horror because that deals with dramatic and that deals with a lot of people who are, let's say, touchy-freely, you know. <laughs> uh, that also goes with Wolfman, you know. There is good, territorial sequels that have been out there. Uh, even the remake with uh, Benito Del Toro. He did a phenomenal job on that one. But even so, that is a classic a classic uh, reminiscence of the first one which means we had a continuing story of why this happened or not what we expected because it's a totally different play on the script that was changed up for a bit and of course you know Anthony Hopkins and Emily Blunt enough said on that movie seriously that's a good one okay Bram Stoker's Dracula in the 90s on the other hand Kind of classic, but you also have to understand. It is almost like a literal retake of the film. Basically based off the book. Frankenstein's Monster, or Frankenstein. Where to begin on that one? Yes, of course, we're getting like the sequel, which is Bride of Frankenstein. But there were so many others, like Son of Frankenstein and... Uh, Frankenstein being a vampire don't get me wrong uh, there was a lot of films that even look at all these classics that spun off and gives life to other different things here and there Uh, even so back in in the time frame that they're all new even there was like two comedies that deals with well of course the main cast or the three cast members I mentioned Boris, Bo- Boris Karloff, the Bela Lugosi, Long Cheney Jr. You know why? Because there was actually two movies based off of the characters in an Alba, Alba and Costello meets... You know, they met the Wolfman. They met Frankenstein. But those was the only two movies that has been told. And even so, there were some movies that like splice into one another because of that film. As far as I know you could take my word for it but you know the research doesn't lie sometimes you know so if I want to put this whole set in my marathon if I have to say so myself I'm gonna literally start off with the whole list of the uh, DVDs uh, blu-ray whatever set that it came out of that I saw a long time ago during the time for the movie Van Helsing I highly recommend have this uh, as your starter for any horror marathon that you're going to plan to put out there because you cannot just think that oh, it's it's a classic horror movie it's uh, it's old it's no, no it's seriously like an homage to start off how the horror business became to what it is now I mean without Dracula, we would not have, like, Near Dark, which is a vampire film, or Lost Boys. If we didn't have Frankenstein, we wouldn't have any understanding meaning of a monster, like, how to make a monster, or, <laughs> you know, I'm throwing this out there, too, um, or, like, Anything that deals with a monster... Understanding what what is his purpose. Wolfman. (sighs) Okay. Maybe. Just maybe. A little bit of Twilight. But. You cannot start with a... Werewolf movie... Without understanding... Why is the person a wolf? Huh? And this goes with the other movies as well. You can't just immediately... You know start having the care to think what they are without realizing what they have become and even so uh, literally that became like a psychological monster deal you know anyways I'm gonna end today's episode uh, for this part two because this is like a great kind of recapping <laughs> But at the same time, I am trying not to be too heavy on the review because it's it's a lot of in-depth, and these were in black and white, which these are very classic and very old. But even so, uh, these films are literally the builder blocks of how we interpret our monsters on screen. So, that being said, I do thank you for listening to this episode, and... I appreciate that you guys keep listening, I'm still going to keep this uh, episode running until such time, and then um, nearly every single episode that I've done or have I ever put out there might be taken down because uh there might be a chance of putting out more episodes in the future uh that I don't know what I'm gonna do but even so uh I do thank you guys for you listening now uh I really wish there was a chance to put them all on a disc or something but I don't know but who knows who knows but uh again I do thank you for listening to these podcasts these things are like almost like my job if you will And until the next one, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. And until then, take care. See ya. Hey guys, I want to thank you for uh, listening uh, to my podcast. I'm also known to be over at not only Spotify, but as well as. Oh, wow. I'm also on Spotify. Breaker. Uh, Google Podcasts. Pocket Casts. And public, uh, Radio Public. So, yeah. If you guys uh, want to keep on uh, listening, uh, besides me be covering certain stories, uh, just shoot me a message on my review page uh, over at anchor.fm slash edward-castro5 that is uh, C-A-S-T-R-O and as a joke no relation